Okay, so it's like one in the morning. I'm in my bed, but I figured honestly that's like the best setup to like record this episode. It's like time for like a little girls chat. You know, like this episode's gonna focus on some of my best dates, some of my worst dates, the lessons learned from not just these dates, but previous relationships. And then I'm also gonna go over some of my biggest icks slash what I think are like red flags and guys and like you know, they're completely subjective based on my experience. You know, I like to think that I've learned from my dating mistakes and what I do and don't like from the different guys I've gone out with. But at the end of the day, I think if nothing else, I at least have some funny stories and have had some really good experiences and really fun times and a lot of great different people. So nothing else. Trying to look on the bright side of even the dumpster fires have taught me something. I think one of the best dates I've ever been on, and caveat, this was the first date, so I think it was by far the best first date I've ever been on, and then in general, one of like the best dates. Let's call him Speakeasy Guy, and that'll make sense in like a minute or two. So I matched with this guy, and like, I don't know, I'm horrible at responding. Like, I don't know what it is. I'll swipe on a guy, I'll match with him. He'll send the like cheesy, corny pickup line. I just tend to not respond. That probably says something about the level of effort I'm willing to put into dating right now. But essentially, I match with this guy and I actually do remember. I do remember why I responded. He had these pictures from like on his profile from like all over the world. Like one of them, he was like riding a camel or something like that. I don't know. It was just like, a very distinct vibe. I was like, okay, he likes to travel. He likes sushi. Like, I don't know, the bars in hell. But ended up chit-chatting a little bit. And then he asked me out for Friday night. And honestly, this is another bad habit. Every single time I agree to a date, I'm in like a good mood. And then the day comes around and I dread it. So I was like dreading the state the day of. I was like very close to canceling it. But what changed it was kind of what he had suggested. I was like, you know what? This is either going to be crazy and like a good time or it's going to be disaster. If nothing else, we'll see what happens. It's going to be funny. So basically what he had suggested was doing a speakeasy crawl. Essentially in DC, for those of you who don't know, there are a bunch of different like speakeasies. Actually, let me see if I can find the Google Doc because part of what made this like I think one of the top dates that I've been on is like truly the level of effort that went into it from the sky's end. Like was very intentional about it. So essentially he sent me a Google talk of suggested speakeasies, the distance in between each speakeasy, and then a recommended drinks he thought I would like at each speakeasy. I don't know, like the setup for the date, you know, was so good. Kind of the anticipation building of like, you went through this thought of looking at all these different speakeasies, looking at what they are to make sure like we could easily get from point A to point B because we would be bopping around DC quite a bit. So I want to make sure we're like going in the most logical order. And we ended up scootering in between most of the speakeasies. And I don't normally like scooters. Like I've kind of been scared of them. I don't know. There's just something like sexy about like confidence when a guy is like, no, you'll be fine on it. Like I've got you. And keep in mind, I was fully in heels. Like I'm in a date night outfit. I am not prepared for this, but 
But it's been a really fun time. Like, went to so many different speakeasies. We got a lot of fun different drinks. Honestly, it was just one of those first dates where it's like, just kept going. When I tell you, like, we closed out the last bar. Like, this first date probably lasted six hours. It was honestly such a good time. And I, I will caveat, I did not expect for him to do this because it was quite a large sum of money like i did offer to pay for the drinks at several of the places and like once we stopped scootering and started ubering places i did offer to split that but i didn't touch my card one point throughout this entire night and obviously this is like so dependent on if the guy has the means to do so he was really intentional about planning it he was really intentional about like hey i invited you on this date like i've got it and just like making sure like i had a good time so I think that's like for me what made this like one of the most fun dates of like just showing that intention, like showing you have a fun personality to like in spontaneous personality to like come up with this kind of thing. And dude definitely has a spontaneous personality. He randomly travels all over the globe. He went to Australia like a few weeks ago. I think he was like in Abu Dhabi, Spain, and then Australia, like all within the same like month which is the level of travel that i'm trying to reach i feel like i need to kind of flip-flop from like the best to worst states like not just tell all the best and then all the worst because like honestly the worst ones are like more fun or at least funnier they weren't really fun at the time you know that tiktok that's like not funny haha funny weird yeah, that's how most of these dates were. It slowed down a lot now, but I went through a period where I just like was almost dating for sport. Like, you know, I was like, why not? And that's kind of how I found myself in this predicament. So essentially, you know, like the standard date is like, let's go get drinks. Let's get coffee. Let's get dinner. And there's a reason for that because if you're not having a good time, you can easily leave, like, after one drink. And to be honest, I could have left at any point on this date, but I didn't because I didn't want to be rude. And the reason for that was this guy asked me to a Nats game. And I'm not even a baseball fan, but I knew they were going to be doing, like, fireworks at this game. He told me where the tickets were, and it was right behind the pitcher's mound, basically, like, low 100s. And this guy's super into baseball, like, has met some of the players, knew all these stats, was obviously really into it, and was, like, very hyped about me going with him and, like, showing me a good time. As I said, I think I just get excited when, like, I can tell the guy's excited and being, like, intentional, like, kind of the same thing that happened with the speakeasy date. But on, like, the speakeasy date, everything kind of went downhill from there. So I get there, get to the date, the awkward, like, hi, hello, go through security, get to your seats, get drinks. Anywho, five minutes into the state, this guy goes, I kind of want to tell you something, but I think you'd think it was weird. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I've probably said weirder shit. Like, what? Just tell me. I was like, literally just tell me. Like, say it. And he goes, you have the same first name as my sister. My sister goes by Jenny. And I'm just, maybe no one else will agree with me on this. To me, that is like my absolute hard line like I do not go out with guys I do not swipe on guys I do not entertain any guy that has the same name as my brother like I think that's such a weird like thing like to me there's some like deep Freudian psychological issue there but once again we've been there five minutes as like oh god I 
cannot leave, at least like cannot leave yet. So my solution is just to start drinking as you do. And then from there, it just gets worse. So this guy starts talking about his ex-girlfriend and not just like talking about her, but like very much bashing her, like crazy ex-girlfriend stereotype. And he does this thing that's like another one of my biggest icks, like, oh, you're not like her or like, you don't seem like her. You seem fun. The quickest way for a guy to get me to lose interest in him is to put down another female. I love being like other girls. Like, I'm a basic bitch. I have my Lululemon bag. I have my Stanley cup. I love being a silly little girl. He clearly didn't watch the Barbie movie. Like, to be quite honest, I don't care if she was batshit crazy. Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but like, point being is like, the quickest way for me to be like, that's a red flag is to put down another female or like, put down woman in general. Basically, he just goes on about how his ex was controlling and like, he was allergic to cats, but she didn't care. So like, she made him come over to his, come over to her place and like sleep in the bed with the cat and how she was super controlling and like read all his texts. And he basically never went out with any of his friends and has like lost all his friend group because he spent all his time with her. A lot of the things he were saying were just decisions he could have easily made not to do. Like he could have decided not to sleep in the bed with the cat. He could have decided hey, I'm going to go out my friends. I'm not going to cut out my entire friend group because you don't like my friends. Essentially, he's going on and about this girlfriend. And how long is the baseball game? Like three hours? Like it, it felt so much longer. But at some point I go to the bathroom and I'm very drunk. As I said, my solution to deal with this was just keep drinking. And so I go to the bathroom and I start having like a full on like, you know, like a little breakdown of like, oh God, like what am I doing with my life? Like Because at this time, to be honest, like, I hadn't really had a lot of, like, bad dates. Um, Like, I am one of those people, like, I mean, I've had, like, awkward dates. I've had dates not go well. But I've never had, like, horrendously bad dates. Like, for the most part, my viewpoint is you can talk to anyone for a few hours. Like, you can make a date fun. I couldn't make this fun. Like, I could not turn it around. And I was trying. But anyways, I'm having this breakdown in the bathroom. And I text the group chat, like, you know, the group chat I'm talking about, like my main girls. I'm like, guys, can I leave? Like, what the hell can I do? And they're like, you can't leave. Like, stick it out. Like, he bought these expensive tickets. You're getting free drinks at the very least. Like, stick it out. And then I asked the question that, like, I very much know, like, they wanted to smack me for. I was like, can I text this guy? And the guy I'm referring to, this guy I'd been seeing for a bit. I'd been really into, and then he had like recently made the decision that he didn't think it'd be a good idea for us to keep seeing each other. So I don't know what compelled me to be like, I want to text this man and be like, how are you doing? What are you up to? And they're like, Jenny, absolutely the fuck not, you know, like, and I mean, sober me would have agreed with them. Like, don't make a man tell you twice. He doesn't want you. Like that is the Steve Harvey rule I live and die by. Do not make a man tell you twice. He doesn't want you. But in that moment, I was drunk. I was like, this is horrendous. Like, I'm never going to have a good date, good first date again. Like, you know, that like irrational thought that comes in your head. Like, I'm never going to have a good first date again. And for the life of me, I'm just like, could not even tell you how the last hour of that date went. But then the real kicker is we had to leave. And it starts like, 
torrentially downpouring. Like how in like DC and Virginia lately it's done that like thing where it becomes like a monsoon for like 30 minutes to an hour randomly. It did that. So we're soaking wet. And keep in mind, this is like the author's point of view where it's like a little perhaps distorted because of I was drunk. Um, he had to call. For whatever reason, I couldn't like call the Uber. Like I didn't have service or like something was happening. So like he had to call the Uber. But I thought he was going to call like me and Uber to go back to my apartment and then like add a stop for him to go home. Whatever reason, we get to my apartment and he's like, can I come dry off? And I just, again, I don't know if it's the people pleaser in me or what. I was like, um, sure. So he comes up to the apartment and this man fully believes we're about to hook up. And I just do not understand how any part of him believes that considering like how horrible the past three hours went, how drunk I was, how drunk he was. The fact that we were both like still soaking wet. I literally tell him, I was like, I'm not hooking up with you. And he's like, well, can I sleep on your couch? Like, it's kind of a long Uber, like for me to go back home. And I just, maybe people will disagree with this. I was like, no. Oh, hell no. You can't sleep on my couch. Like, I don't know you. Like, I could wake up in the middle of the night and you'd be like murdering me. I don't know. Needless to say, that was by far the worst date I've ever been on. Between him telling me that I have the same first name as his sister, talking about his ex-girlfriend the entire time, me being in my feels about like the guy I'd been recently seeing, getting caught in the torrential rain, him wanting to sleep on the couch. Like, there were just so many like, non-related things that went wrong and like it could have been redeemable if I thought he was like attractive or if I liked his personality like not to be harsh but you know what I mean like it wasn't just like a bad date that could like go well on a second date like there was gonna be no second date there was just so many things wrong here um but you know what it was a funny funny for the bit story okay this next one like I feel like I like need to hide from like my friends who don't know the story and like my family because they're gonna be like Jenny this is like reckless and stupid but I swear like it really wasn't essentially for me I am my happiest when I'm going like 80 miles per hour windows down music blasting like singing along to a song like just really enjoying life like living life to its fullest And for me, I prefer when I'm not doing that in my car, but rather in the passenger seat of someone else's car or in the back of a motorcycle. So essentially, I matched with this guy, and I'm aware this sounds shallow, and honestly, it probably is. I matched with this guy, and like, I did find him attractive. We did end up chatting, and we did end up having a good time together. So like, there was more to it than this, but the main things that made me swipe on him were that he had a two-seater and a motorcycle. And so, like, he suggested a motorcycle date. If anyone hasn't been on, like, a motorcycle, there are, like, multiple kinds of motorcycles and, like, motorcycle helmets. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds. But for, like, a very rudimentary overview, there are street bikes and there are off-road bikes. He had both, but we were taking the off-road bike. And then, essentially, like, these helmets, like, have Bluetooth now and, like, you can blast music through them. And it's also, like, so you can communicate 
with the person who's like driving the motorcycle because I'm just sitting pretty on the back of it, you know? And for context, do not get on a motorcycle if you've never been on a motorcycle before. And also do not get on a motorcycle with a stranger if that stranger has not had years of experience driving motorcycles. And that was the thing. This guy had been literally riding motorcycles since he was 12. Like he grew up in the country, was very comfortable with an off-road bike, but essentially agreed to get on the back of this bike. So I do. And we're on this bike and it starts downpouring. And I know you're probably thinking like, I thought you said this is like one of the better dates, but it was actually so much fun. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's also like kind of romantic. Like he was taking me to this like path that was like kind of overlooking like different mountains and hills. Like, I don't know. It's just fun. And like someone that you can like laugh with and have a good time with, even when things go wrong like that. Obviously, we're thrilled about getting soaked. And then, like, it did let up. And that's how we were able to do, like, the scenic motorcycle ride. But the trails were also really muddy. So we got covered in mud. And afterwards, we ended up getting sushi. Um, I I love sushi. Like, that's honestly probably the way to my heart. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't know me that well. I look like a freaking mess. Like, I have mud on my jeans. My makeup had like completely been rubbed off by the helmet, like how tight it was. Um, I was just like a little self-conscious. Like I was kind of making a joke. I was like, oh, I look like a hot mess. And he was like, no, you look great. I had so much fun with you. And that's something to me of like, I think what made it one of the best dates of like just having such an like an easy good time with someone and like having that intention behind like you planned this romantic scenic ride. And also like, I'm a sucker for like an activity date, you know, like going to players club and like playing basketball or pool or like going from speakeasy to speakeasy or like, like recently I went on like a trapeze date. I love a good activity and that's why like most of like the dates that have been the most fun or like have been the best dates have like been a fun activity. Um, but this next story kind of a stretch to call it a date. And honestly, it's just more of a cautionary tale of like, I don't know. Normally when my friends and I are out, we're not normally really like trying to talk to guys. Like maybe guys will buy us drinks. Maybe we'll chit chat a little bit or like maybe someone will have like a guy they've been talking to come meet us. But most of the time when we're out, like it's girls night, like we're dancing, we're vibing, we're having a good time. But there've been like a few instances where for whatever reason, I go against my better judgment. And every single time, that hasn't worked out. I also have this tendency where when I'm drunk and I don't want to deal with a man, I, like, lie to a man at a bar. And my friends have always said that, like, my car man life one day is going to be, like, meeting the love of my life at a bar and having, like, completely lied to him about my identity. Like, this one guy, like, I completely told that I, like, worked for the United Nations. Um, just because I was like, I'm never going to see this man again. Like, what's the harm? Um, but they always joke that, like, I am going to meet the love of my life, tell him this elaborate lie, and then, like, going to have to explain that I lied. Um, knock on wood that that doesn't happen. I also highly doubt I'm meeting the love of my life in, like, a bar at 2 in the morning. Um, anyways, so I'm there. This guy is just, like, very, like intensely staring at me like very rom-com-esque of like he catches your eye across the room and I think like between it being two in the morning me being really drunk and like me being sucker for like I hate admitting this 
sucker for cheesiness, like cheesy pickup lines, cheesy scenarios, meet cutes. Like I am a sucker for them. And so he eventually like comes over and I'm just like having an attitude. I'm like, what were you looking at? Like, what do you want? And he's like, I'm looking at you. I want you. Like I was very smooth. Starts buying, like offers to buy me a drink. And like, I'm like, if you're going to buy me a drink, you have to buy my friends a drink. Buys us drinks basically until like everything closes. And like, honestly, it's like a good time. This is just where things like go downhill. And like, maybe I'm being judgmental, but like, it has a place look like a frat house. Like, no real furniture in sight. The bed was on the floor. Like, the bar is in hell, but like, the bed was on the floor. Like, no bed frame. Like, navy blue frat sheets. And then on top of that, he tells me that his mom's name is my same name. And he's like, but it's okay because she goes by Jennifer, not Jenny. And I'm like, that's still not okay. Like, and keep in mind, this was actually like the reason I think this is the reason that I especially think this is so funny is it was like within a week's time of like the Nats game where the guy told me his sister had the same name. And I was like, what is with these men trying to date people or trying to like hook up with people that have the same name as their sister or their mom? Like, I think that's like really weird. And then like, I forgot how it came up, but he basically told me he was like, I bet you know her. And I was like, I- excuse me? You think I know your mom? And he was like, no, you've definitely seen her on TV. And he proceeds to tell me that his mom is like one of the real housewives. And I start freaking out because honestly, I'm like, I want to know her. I want to know her friend group. Like, I don't care about you in this moment. Like, I care about her. I care about her friend group. Like, I was like, you should have led with this. Like, but yeah. Essentially, I'm just grouping it with the worst because of the first name and the fact it was, like, literally being back in a dirty frat house. I was originally going to tell another, like, positive dating experience story, but honestly, retelling this situation reminded me of, like, another chaotic dating story. This next one is, like, definitely a cautionary tale of just like I can't believe that this happened like I cannot believe the guys can be this shitty like don't get me wrong like I've gone out with fuck boys like I've gone out with frat boys like I just like was dumbfounded this happened um especially because I think this guy was the worst kind of fuck boy the kind of fuckboy who, like, comes off as a nice guy. You know, like, there are, like, fuckboys who are, like, douches off the bat. Like, you know what you're getting yourself into. And there are fuckboys who are, like, act like a great guy. And then just aren't. Um, And that's very much what happened with this guy of, like, had a great first date. Like, did, like, a little, like, rooftop picnic. Like, he has, like, like, this guy had, like, a rooftop pool. And we did, like, a little, like, nighttime rooftop picnic, like, did a little dip in the pool, like, drank some wine, had some cheese and crackers, had some, like, prosciutto, like, had a really good first date. And, like, that was all well and dandy. And that's kind of what maybe, like, 
lulled me into like a false sense of like, oh, like this is like a really nice guy, like had a good first date. And don't worry, looking back now, like there are some like slight red flags. Like this guy was really fixated on the fact that I was in a sorority, which to me is like a footnote of my personality. Like absolutely the least important thing anyone could ever know about me. Like it just has nothing really to do with like who I am as a person. And he just kept fixing. He's like, oh, I bet you were wild in college. Like, I bet you have some stories. But the worst date wasn't that date. It was the next date. And it wasn't even the date itself. It's what happened after the date. Um, So I did spend the night. And literally while he's next to me, we're in the same bed. He's swiping on Tinder. And I'm just like the audacity like we just went on the date, like the second date like we just hooked up I'm in your bed like I have not left like I don't know like maybe wait until the morning when I'm gone something um like it wasn't a thing where like I thought he and I were by any means exclusive like we this was our second date but the fact that he was swiping while in bed next to me I was like that is absolutely like repulsive behavior like it's just the principle of the thing and when I say it gets worse it does get worse um so basically I leave because fuck that and um a few weeks later which honestly I should have blocked him um but I didn't have his number saved, so I literally had to say, who's this, when I get a text. But I get a text from him out at, like, 12, 12.30. The reason I'm mentioning the time is because it's important. Um, he's like, can you come over? And I was like, are you fucking joking? And he's like, yeah, but, like, I need you to be gone by 2.30. And I was like, not only are you asking me, to come over after I haven't talked to you in a weeks because I left because you were being a douchebag. You're asking me to come over at like midnight-ish and be gone by two in the morning. Like literally come over for like a quick hookup and leave. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that. And like the craziest part is like, I don't know if he was joking or like really has some like issues to work through. But he goes, he's like, yeah, I know I'm actually the worst. Like, this is hein- heinous behavior. Like, I wouldn't hook up with me either. And I was like, I don't know if he was trying to, like, be funny or, like, just didn't give a fuck. But I, I at that point, was like, nope, you're done, bud. No more responses. And again, I should have blocked him because a few weeks ago, actually, it's kind of funny. But I had a few weeks ago, like, a week ago. Keep in mind, I have not talked to him, obviously. I, like, posted this thing on my Instagram story about, like, I texted a bunch of my guy friends, like, do you know who Travis Kelsey is? Like, or did you know who Travis Kelsey is before he started dating Taylor Swift? Like, I was doing it for the bit. I was just trying to anger them, upset them a little bit, get funny reactions, which I did. Did not text this man, but I guess he saw my story because then he unprompted texts me. I knew who Travis Kelsey is. Like, he's like, do I win points for knowing who Travis Kelsey was? Again, I didn't respond, but I was like, 
this man cannot take a hint. Um, but yeah, pro tip for any guys out there, do not swipe on girls while they're in the bed next to you. Just, just be like a little courteous. I don't know. All of this to say, like, I've had some really great dating experiences and I've had some like really bad ones, like to say the least, like I have so many more bad ones besides this. Like I have the guy who was five, eight, who like really could not handle that. I was taller than him in heels. I have the guy that like tried to gaslight me into telling me I wasn't allergic to cats. Like so many, so many, but I also have so many great ones. And as I said, like, if anything, like I've had a lot of fun, random adventures. Um, but that said, just want to say, that said, just want to share some kind of just overall lessons learned from like my long-term relationships, as well as like these more recent fun dating experiences. Okay. So my number one, like just from my relationships, as well as like these dating experiences, my number one kind of lesson learned is be really careful with the amount of energy you're giving someone. I think like and maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but I feel like women tend to like, as soon as they're like, okay, this is a nice guy. This is a funny guy. I like this guy tend to like automatically start giving them their energy. And like, and it's not always warranted. Like, yes, this is a good guy. Like sure. He planned a day. Sure. He's texting me occasionally, but you know, you want to, I think of it this way. Like I want to automatically be that invested in a new friend or like a new coworker that I meet and obviously like very different scenarios, but just be like a little bit cautious about how you're giving your energy and like how much of your energy you're giving to someone. And for me, like reciprocating energy is such an important thing. But like, if you're always the one initiating texts, if you're always the one checking in, like that's just kind of a sign that the energy is uneven and you might like need to roll it back a little bit. And that's something I think is really important too. Like for me, someone's actions really need to match their words. And for me, like this matching of energy is beyond just like your conversations or your texting or whatever. Like it's really easy to say all the right things, right? Or like, it's really easy to have a chat with someone, but like, if they're saying all these things, like, Hey, I really like you. Like, I think you're smart. I think you're beautiful. I think you're whatever. And then they're not really doing anything about it. Like they're not planning dates. They're not really like initiating conversations. That's a surefire sign that like you're giving more energy and that person has maybe earned. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with it. If like, you've kind of agreed with that person. Like, this is how your relationship looks like. Like, that's fine. But you just need to be really aware of like what it is you're actually looking for, what it is you want, and if you're getting that from this person. And if not, like, if that's something they can't give you, then that's totally fine. Like, it's nothing personal. And that's like, I feel like a good transition, a good segue to like the second most important lesson I've learned is like, it's really not that personal. Like, I think I've said it, but like for me, my time and my energy are my most important like assets in life. Like you only have so much time to give and like prioritize someone. And like, I used to take it really personally when like, I felt like I wasn't a priority for a guy that I liked. Like, why aren't they reaching out to me? Why in XYZ? Like, what is wrong with me? 
or like if a guy like wanted to stop seeing me, like I would spiral. I'd be like, am I not pretty enough? Is there someone hotter? Like, what did I say or do? Why don't they like me? What's wrong with me? And that's just simply not the case. Like 99% of the time, like it's just exactly what I said of like, it's not personal. It's just that person can't make you a priority right now or doesn't want to make you a priority. But that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. Like that's just the amount of emotional capacity they have at the moment. Like they can't or don't want to apply that energy to you. And it's really not personal. Like for me, it just means like that's not the right person for you either at this moment or like in general. Like I'm such a big believer of like you can't say or do the wrong thing with the right person. Like I've said some crazy shit to some guys and they've still stuck around because it's like we have that kind of like rapport or connection or like whatever it may be. Um, It's hard not to take things personally, but like you just have to remember at the end of the day, like everything you love about yourself. Like I know I'm smart. I know I'm funny. I know I'm kind. And like these things might come off as like conceited to some people, but like for me, like that's just knowing my personality. That's knowing who I am. That's knowing what I have to offer someone. But again, back to the energy, you have to have people work a little bit for what you have to offer them. Like if you're automatically giving someone all of your energy, all of your time, all of like your best qualities, they may not be worthy of it. They may not deserve it. So this is kind of all meshed together, but essentially like just be very cautious about who you're giving your energy to and what way you're giving your energy. And then don't take it personally if someone else isn't giving you their energy. You really have to think about it in like this kind of blind faith way of like, that person just isn't your person or like at this moment, they can't give you that or don't want to give you that. And it has absolutely nothing to do with you. And even if it does, know yourself and know your worth enough to be like, who cares? Like, and this is so much easier said than done. As I said, I've spiraled over like many a guy, but I'm at the point where I'm like, the guy doesn't text me after a first date. Okay, cool. Was she the best? Like, I'm doing me. Like, I'm invested in my energy. I'm invested in my life. I'm invested with my friends. Like, maybe I hear from him again. Maybe I don't. But like, just kind of the like, whatever is meant for you will be for you. And having that just kind of blind trust. Okay, this one I'm honestly such a hypocrite on. And like, any of my friends who listen to this are going to call me out. Because this is something that's like really important to me, but like it, it, it is one of the ones that I think is really hard to implement. Be consistent with your standards. Like I have a list of standards that like for any guy I'm seeing like casually or not, like that are very important for me, for him to meet. Like I've canceled dates or like not gone on dates because they've confirmed within like a two hour window of the date. Like no location set, just a time, and then text me, like, hey, are we still on for tonight? Like, within two hours. Like, at that point, for me, and again, like, this differs based on everyone. Like, I had a chat with a friend, and she's like, Jenny, that's ridiculous. But, like, for me, that's one of my standards of, like, 
confirm the night before or like confirm the morning of or like at least more than like that two hour window because we do have so much going on in our lives. Like for me, it's like if I'm blocking out this time to spend with you, like I want to know that like you're excited about it. I want to be reassured that you're excited that like there's being intention behind it. So like I just canceled this like date pretty recently with this guy who confirmed he texted me like two hours, like an hour and a half before the date was supposed to be. Again, hadn't said location yet, just it said a tentative time. And I just responded saying like, hey, I'm sorry, this is like a little bit too short notice to meet up tonight. Like hadn't heard from you, didn't think we were still meeting. And basically like he took it really well. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, like I should have confirmed earlier. And then ended up rescheduling a date. And that date he confirmed like much earlier in the day. And for me, that's just something that I try to implement. Like one of the standards that I try to like implement across the board. But as I said, it's hard, like, especially if there's like a guy you really like, you want to bend your standards, right? Like there's this one guy that like very much, I know if he texts me and is like, do you want to hang out in 30 minutes? I will probably drop everything and hang out with him in 30 minutes. And that is such a hypocrite move of me. And that's something I'm very much trying to work on of like, keeping these like standards consistent across different relationships. And obviously they're like keeping these standards like consistent and like standardized, um, no pun intended, but it is tricky. It is tricky. And uh, as I said, everyone's going to have different standards, but I highly do recommend that everyone has kind of like a mental note of them. Like for me, there's just like a bunch of like other things that are like, important to me like and that that very much comes from like I was in a relationship for a long time with someone who like did not show me they cared right like never planned any dates never really like reassured me and so like that's something that like even if I'm casually dating someone like I look for someone who's planning dates someone who's kind of like reassuring me like not saying hey I like you every five minutes but saying like hey like excited to see you like, hey, let's go do X, Y, Z. And if you don't have that kind of like eager energy, and honestly, I think any guy that's into you is going to have a little bit of like eager energy to express it to you. Then it's like, I don't want that in my life right now. As I said, if these things don't matter to you, or like if there are standards that are like more flexible on your list, then by all means, do what you want. I just think it's kind of like a surefire way to kind of protect yourself from ending up with the wrong person. If you do know the type of situation and the type of like standards you're looking for in a guy. I feel like those are like the main, the main lessons learned thus far. I'm sure I'll learn some more lessons the hard way down the line. Um, But I thought it'd be kind of funny to go over like, a list of things that I'm not sure if they're red flags or just my personal likes. I think some of them are definitely red flags, but some of them I'm like, hmm, did others feel this way? And I did do a poll of like a group of my friends and we kind of collectively came up with this list. So they're not like all just mine, but like there are some like universal ones, but I'll say them and everyone else can decide whether or not they think they're an ick or an actual red flag. One of my greatest icks is if someone's rude to wait staff or tips poorly, like, or just not even wait staff, just like rude to anyone, like 
in the like service industry, like retail, restaurant, whatever. Like that to me is like the grossest behavior you can have. Like I was raised, you treat everyone the same. So I'm like the CEO of a company to like the bus boy, like we're all people you be polite. And like, honestly, even if I've had some like really bad waiters who are like really rude to me, I still tip, I kill them with kindness. Like I still tip 20%. Like it's very rare that I don't. And for me, that's just like a really big ick. If someone's like rude, dismissive, like really entitled, especially, especially on a first date, like there's no quicker way for me to lose interest. This one is definitely a like to each their own, but particularly in like recent years, like to me, a red flag is being Republican, like, especially if you're a Trump supporter and again, to each their own. But for me, that just means like, you really don't believe in me, like having rights, like you don't believe in my right to abortion. You don't believe in my right to health care. Like, and I understand a lot of people are like, that's not the case. Like voting based on different things like economics, other principles. But for me at the end of the day, like I associate like my universal rights. I associate like my rights being taken away from Republicans. And honestly, it is in my personal experience, the case like any Republican I've gone out with is against abortion is, and has had misogynistic undertones to say the very least. So for me, that's like something like I always like to say I'm allergic to two things. I'm allergic to cats and I'm allergic to Trump lovers. Okay, this is definitely just a personal ick and not a red flag, but I hate reactions to text. Like, and to be fair, I hate this with like when my friends do it too. Like if I like say something and someone just like thumbs ups it or like hurts it, it just annoys me. I'm like, it takes two seconds to like, respond to be like, okay, cool. Or like, I don't know. I just hate reactions to text. Like it's fine if like someone reacts and then also says something, but it was just a reaction. It's like one of my biggest like pet peeves. And like that said too, like obviously I get everyone's busy. Like if someone takes a while to respond, but if they have like their red receipts on and you can see you've been like on red for hours, like I will feel some type of way about that. Like it's completely understandable if someone can't like engage in a full conversation. But for me, like I'm so much about like over communication. Like I'd rather get a text being like, I'm really swamped at work today. I'll talk to you later. I'll send people text being like, I'm at the gym or like, I'm about to go on a run. I can't respond to this right now. Or like I'll respond later. And I think that obviously depends on like the level of closeness with like you and the other person. I just like, like to give someone the courtesy of like, Hey, I'm not ignoring you. I just am busy. I mentioned this, I think, like, at the beginning of the episode, but another one of my, like, greatest pet peeves, or, like, another one of my greatest icks and, like, giant red flag is when guys try to hit on me by, like, putting down other girls, like, oh, like, you wear a lot of color, or, like, you seem, like, fun, or, like, on a first date, if they're, like, this is so refreshing, like, do you know how many, like, duds I've gone out with? And, like, that just is not the way to be about it. Like that is not the way to my heart. Like these men did not see the Barbie movie. I don't know. Like, I feel like I don't need to say anything else about this. That's just to me so tacky, so rude, so like distasteful. 
I've literally responded to guys who have like had their opening line be something like that and be like, actually, that is the quickest way for me to like lose interest in you and then just like stop responding to them. Okay. This is one of the last ones. And like, all of us agreed, like all of us separately, like listed this as like a red flag or ick. If you're like a grown man and your like primary form of communication is Snapchat, like you ask me for my Snapchat because like you just want selfies. Like I've literally had guys be like, what's your Snapchat? Want some cute selfies. Like if that's your primary form of communication, like rather than like texting or like whatever, like that's not how I want to be interacted with. I don't want to just be like another one of the girls you Snapchat. And like not to speak on behalf of like every woman, but I think that does raise like a little alarm bell if a guy is like only reaching out to you on Snapchat. In my opinion, like that is something that automatically makes me skeptical of a guy if they're like, what's your Snapchat? Like I'm almost 25. I'm not in college anymore. I'm not trying to like send you like a thirst trap picture at a party. Like, I'm not trying to send you a picture of my smoothie. Like, I'm trying to have, like, a natural conversation with you. Maybe if, like, I was using that in tandem with texting someone, I'd, like, feel less apprehensive about it. But as I said, every single one of my friends that I asked for, like, icks or red flags, they automatically were, like, Snapchat. I feel so attacked. I recorded this episode and I was chatting with a friend about things that I think are my different icks and red flags and like what my friends that I like had pulled said. And she goes, did you put men being under six, four? And I felt so called out. And I was like, that's actually true. I completely forgot to put that. But I will say, I don't think it's six, four. I think it's more like six feet between six feet and six, two. And like, obviously that's just like a preference. Like there's nothing wrong or unattractive about men under six feet. It's just like, for whatever reason, I have never really had a type when it comes to like ethnicity, religion, profession, anything like that. Like there's no common denominator. The only common denominator between my last two exes were that they were both six eight. But besides that, like no common denominator on the like, guys I like go on dates with, guys I hook up with, guys I swipe on. Like literally such a full range of spectrum when it comes to like ethnicity, religion, and what have you. But it's just like, as I said, a preference. Everyone has their preferences. I think it might actually be like under six two has been like the cutoff. And it's not like I'm like messaging guys like what is your height before we go on a date? Like I'm not screening them out. And like most guys don't have their height in like their profile or anything like that. It's like it really is just like luck of the draw. At the end of the day, all I can say is every single person out there is going to have like their own idea of what they're looking for in a person. Like they're going to have their own idea of icks. They're going to have their own idea of green flags. They're going to have their own standards. I think what's most important though is just knowing there's no right or wrong. I think there's a lot of like people who say like, do this, don't do this. Like don't sleep with a guy until the third date or like never text first or like this is a red flag, like a hundred percent of the time. That's just simply not true. Every person, every situation is different. And I think it's just honoring what feels best for you while also keeping in mind your self-worth and keeping in mind your standards. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. If you're happy and you're doing what makes you happy and you feel like what you're doing is like best for you and it's healthy, then that's all that matters. It's another story if you're doing stuff that like, as I said, 
that's actively like harmful to your well-being, like pursuing something that you know isn't right for you and things like that. But at the end of the day, all you can do is see how it goes. And you really have less control over that than you think. All you can control is how you act, how you react, and what you choose to put your energy into. And yeah, so I hope all the girlies who are going on dates, like, have have a fun time. Like, don't take it too seriously. Go have a fun drink. Have a good meal. Go do a fun hobby. Branch out of your comfort zone. Match with a guy that's not your type. Do something a little chaotic or spontaneous. Whatever feels right for you. There's really no wrong or right to, like, first dates, in my opinion. Um, there's really set, first dates are really such low stakes that you can really make it what you want and just see how it goes. So hope everyone's having fun out there.